Women Taking the Lead, Episode 2. Went out to dinner with my mom and dad and I was sharing, you know, that I'd found myself and I have this vision and, and all of these things. And my mom looked at me in the eyes and she grabbed my hand and she was like, oh my God, you're back. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. This episode is sponsored by Luma Coaching. Want some support to get your dreams off the ground? Go to womentakingthelead.com forward slash coaching to sign up for a consultation with me. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Marnie Batista, who is the founder of Dating with Dignity. She has professional training in dating and relationship coaching, as well as training in the core energy coaching process from the Institute of Professional Excellence in Coaching, or IPAC. Uh, She's a certified life coach through the International Coach Federation and is also a master practitioner at administering an energy assessment, the D-factor, which helps clients pinpoint exactly why they are not dateable and what types of messages they unconsciously broadcast to men based on their thoughts, feelings, actions, and attitudes. Wow, that's juicy. So Marnie, that was just a teaser for everyone. So tell us more about you and where you came from. Mm. Well, you know, I became a a dating relationship coach for a really uh, clear reason is that I didn't know how to do it myself. you know, if I think back even to when I was, you know, in middle school or, or high school, you know, I had a broken picker way back then. Um, I got married when I was 22 to a guy that I met when I was 19. And, you know, the reason we got married wasn't because like we were madly in love or we had this incredible connection. I mean, he just asked. And at that point, people barely even asked me for a second date. So when someone says, do you want to get married? I'm like, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. You know, that's the dream. dream. It'll make my parents really happy. And I'm 22. And what else am I going to do after college? So, um, (laughs) so we got married and you know, the great thing is we, we had three amazing children, three daughters together, but those 17 years were really, really painful for me. And, uh, it's a reflection of that whole attitude of like, well, nobody even asked me out on a date. I, I might as well say yes to this guy. Uh, and I didn't, I didn't have high regard for myself. I didn't see myself as a woman of value. I, um, didn't even know who I was. And so when that marriage ended and it was like the breakup of the, um, you know, the American dream, the little family of five with the white picket fence, um, I was pretty devastated and I didn't, um, do anything about it other than find somebody else. And I found a better looking, you know, younger version of my ex-husband, but that relationship was also a disaster. He ended up cheating on me, lying. We were breaking up and making up. And after about two years of that, I had my aha moment. And really, it came from um, this great fear for my three daughters. You know, if I don't change this for myself, I'm going to teach this and pass this on to my children. And if for no other reason other than to stop that, um, I have to figure this out. And so I took a big, um, a big pivot and stopped and did the work necessary to really create um, self-love, a life that I love, and then, and then, and in that order, uh, find someone to love. And that's how my Find Love Now formula was born and how the whole idea of dating with dignity came to be. 
Wow. Okay. There was a lot of stuff in there and I, I want to go back over a couple of things. I really liked how you said, um, I wasn't good at dating, so I decided to coach. <laughs> and you know what? A lot of people are probably scratching their heads over that one, but a, a quote that constantly comes up for me that I hear over and over again, and I completely believe in is if you want to do teach, Yeah. right? If you want to get good at something, you know, teach it, Matt, that's how you master things. And how you said, you got really scared for your daughters. And, and that was after also recognizing, you know, in retrospect, like you didn't value yourself, you didn't have a lot of worth for yourself. And good, bad or neutral, there is kind of this theme I hear with women of, I didn't think I was worth it, but they were. So I did something about it. And good, bad or indifferent, that sometimes is the catalyst that has us set out on the journey to see the value in ourselves, but it's, it's the value we hold in somebody else outside of ourselves that sometimes gets us off our butt Yeah, and, and moving. And, you know, I mean, we could go, we could have a whole separate conversation about what that means. And is that, is that, you know, should it be different? But something you said too really perked my ears and I had to come back. You said you had a broken picker. Yeah. What? (laughs) Explain that. (laughs) Well, I use that vernacular because that's a lot of my clients would say is that I have a broken picker. I, I am automatically drawn to men or if you're a man to a woman who isn't the right person for me, who isn't good for me. Um, and no matter what I do, no matter how hard I try, I attract, uh, people into my life who are just the worst. And we all try to fix our broken picker through a lot of different ways, but at Dating with Dignity, what we realize is it's our self-concept and our beliefs that are creating that broken picker. Um, it's not really the men themselves. Ah, so there's not this internal system that you've got down yet that helps you to weed out, you know, the right person for you. Absolutely. It's, it's you know, we, we um, like attracts like. So if you, um, here's a great example. If you have sort of a low self-concept, low self-worth, low self-esteem, um, and there's somebody who's uh, who needs a lot of fixing, you might be attracted to that person because the idea of fixing him, taking care of him, building him up, um, it makes you feel more powerful. It makes you feel less broken. It gives you a value like, oh, what I'm bringing to this relationship is that I fix this person. And it's this like energetic magnet. And so we've really got to shift ourselves so that we attract the right person for us. Mm, so if you're going through life being like, I fix and I help people, you're going to attract people who need your help and not necessarily the people that can give back and contribute to you. Absolutely. Awesome. Okay. Now you've had a lot of success in, in your life and, you know, we didn't really talk a lot about it or throw out numbers out there in the beginning, but you know, for the audience, let me tell you, Marnie is wildly successful at her business, not only in um, the dating area, but she's so successful as a coach that she also coaches other coaches on how to be successful in their businesses as well. Um, And you've definitely gained confidence, you know, from that time in your life where you said you were just, oh, everything was, it was just devastating and the dream was over. Um, But you've gained a lot of confidence since then. But take us back to a time when you were playing small and you maybe weren't aware of it at the time. Share with us the story and the lessons you've learned along the way. Mm. Well, you know, I think 
in my relationship, um, I was definitely playing small in the way that I believed I wasn't capable of anything related to money, business, finance, anything. I mean, to the point to where when I was married, you know, my ex-husband paid all the bills. He did everything for the house that bought the insurance, the cars, like he did everything. And I grew up uh, with uh, a parent uh, situation to where my mom sort of uh, appeared to be that way, you know, that my dad was sort of handling everything. And um, it was easy to, to do that. And so for me, playing small was um, easy. It was like the lazy way. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't even believe that I could do it. I didn't want to do it. I, I had no... I had no desire, you know, I was so lost in who I was as a person, you know, and I loved being a mom and that was great, but it was like almost this whole part of me had become dormant. And what's interesting is this, Jody, when I got divorced and, um, I, I started on the journey to like finding myself, I'll never forget this moment. I, I, uh, it was in December, 2006 And I um, went to go on vacation with my family to Hawaii. And it was like the first night. My kids weren't there yet. Went out to dinner with my mom and dad. And I was sharing, you know, that I'd found myself and I have this vision and and all of these things. And my mom looked at me in the eyes and she grabbed my hand and she was like, oh, my God, you're back. Oh. And it was like, (laughs) I was like, what? She was like this, like when you were in high, like when you were in high school, like you had like these dreams, you were going to be like an international business. It was like, she looked at me, she was like, oh my God, you're back. And so I didn't even know I was playing small, Jody. That's what's so scary mm-hmm. about it. Yes. Yes. I, um, I have recognized that as well. And that's why in the question, because I hear this from a lot of women where I, you know, when I ask the question, I'm like, and you may not have been aware of it, that you, you were undervaluing yourself, you were playing small, because it is a huge wake-up call later when we look back and go, God, why did I ever think I couldn't? It was so crazy. It's so crazy. But yeah, that, wow, that was a moving story. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to have you take us on to another moment. So now share with us a time in your journey when you had a wake-up call. Take us back to that moment and share with us the steps you took that led to your success. Hmm. Oh, that's, that's a really interesting moment. Um, I'm going to sort of fast forward to my business. Um, and it's not so long ago. It's about a year and a half ago. And, um, uh, it's very funny. I feel very vulnerable sharing the story. Um, so, you know, I, I had built my business and, um, I had, uh, uh, built it with a certain team in place and, I was so happy with my team and this relationship and it it felt like it was really working until it didn't work anymore. And, um, I, I kept wanting to give it like a second chance and a third chance and a fourth chance. Now looking back on it, I was like, OMG, I sort of was doing my relationship pattern in a work relationship. Ooh, that's gross. But, uh, I totally didn't see it. I was blind to it. So, um, there was this moment we were talking about the trapeze actually before, before these officially mm-hmm. started. And it yeah. was like, there I was, I was standing on the platform and, um, I, 
I knew that in order to grow, I was going to have to, um, let go. And, uh, I was terrified to let go. And inside of sort of being forced to do it, where my, my business partner at the time was like, you've got this. I, I'm not helping you just do it. I'll never forget. I was like sitting in my computer. I was actually sitting on my bed, like with a massive amount of papers around me, like being like, but wait, we usually do this together. And he was like, no, like we're, you know, this is part of our, our splitting up. Um, you can do it. I know you can do it. And I was like, but, but, and I, and the phone call ended and I just looked at the papers and I was like, crap. I mean, my copywriter was a different copywriter. Um, my business partner was like, no, we're sort of done. This is what it's going to look like. I didn't have anyone really filling in the role and I was just terrified. So here's the wake up call moment. Uh, the wake up call was, um, you need to have the confidence to do this yourself. It's not this person or that person that was creating your success. It's inside of myself. Um, so two lessons here. One is never delegate what you don't know how to do yourself. Because I realized that I had been delegating a lot of stuff. And the truth is, I could do it. And I did it. And it was freaking awesome. I really didn't need any help. Um, Number two lesson is, the team that got you here is not the team that's going to get you there. And that's a very scary wake-up call. That, you know, that I just got scared <laughs> when you just said that, because I think, you know, it's true in business, but not just in business. It's everywhere in your life. Like, the, you can stop and take a look around at the people who are your support network right now. And this may not be the same support network that you have 10 years from now. And that's part of the journey. There's nothing good or bad about it. It, it just is like as you grow, you know, your support system grows too and changes and it, it can be a frightening moment. Wow. Yeah, that. it's, it's, it's terrifying. And, um, you know, as someone who stood on the platform with you actually doing the <laughs> trapeze, it's, it's the, it's the, okay, I'm letting go and you're swinging there and then they're like, well, put your knees up and let go, you know, and that's really where you're like, all right, you know what, I've got to do this. And Um, and the cool thing is we feel like there's no safety net, um, Mm -hmm. but, but there is. And, and for, for the people who are listening, not only the people around you are your safety net, but it's, what do you have to set internal strength and peace and guidance? And I think we all need to, cause I know that that was what I had to rely on was like, wait a minute, I have this inside of me. I need to create rituals, practices, and experiences that nurture that and bring it out. And that that is how I birth what's the next thing. Mm. Oh, God. Okay. Yes. And, you know, the lesson here is, you know, for the people listening too, like be open to do, having some scary experiences. And what Marnie's referring to is about a year ago, um, I was part of a, a mastermind that Marnie had put together for coaches to develop our businesses. And one great thing she always does when she puts these events together, um, these mastermind retreats, is we do something um, scary, a little scary. She calls it taking the big leap. And the last time we got together, she had set up for us to do the flying trapeze on the Santa Monica Pier. <laughs> And it was scary. Um, But as I was saying before the call, I have some great pictures from that moment. And it did wake me up 
due to a lot of things that were going on in my business. So I would say for anyone listening, if there's something, an experience, it doesn't have to be business or work related. It can be fun. But if it's kind of scary and out of your comfort zone, do it because you will learn so much about yourself that you can apply back to your business and to your career and to your relationships that will make a huge difference for you. Mm. Okay, so next, Marnie, um, I really, what I want, um, you know, the women who are listening to this podcast to really get is there is no one way to lead, right? Because we're all different. We're going to bring something different to the table in our leadership. So how would you describe your leadership style? Mm. Uh, I, I am a really strong leader and my style is based on what I have coined the inner directed leader, which means that it really is coming from being authentic and in integrity. And I'm leading by what I would call my, my spiritual self or, or the core self that the one that doesn't have the, the, the ego and the masks and all the, the fears. And I really had to discern what that looked like in letting go of a lot of beliefs I had that being strong and powerful as a woman is being bitchy um, mm-hmm. or being bossy or being naggy. Um, I really have found it interesting and I love that this is a show for women and I wish we were all in a room so they, I could see if they were nodding. Um, I found it really interesting uh, leading men um, and noticing uh, how men react and interact with a woman as a leader. Um, it's really, that has been really fascinating to me. Um, and so my style is really coming from that very heart centered space, but it's being really strong and it's using my feminine in a way that is going to be most effective. Um, it's knowing the line of when, uh, to be powerful and set boundaries and have those hard conversations and, and that it's not bitchy. And that also to really, and this is sort of like my most recent advanced move, I would say, is uh, really looking at where people that I lead are energetically, like being able to see how what, what it is that they need and being able to motivate and lead based on, on their beliefs and their energy. Um, and that sounds really woo-woo, but there's a lot of times when I have a big business decision or a big negotiation where I'll really think about a person like, what, how did they operate? What is it that they need? What works for them? And strategizing really on how I'm going to come up with an approach to, to get my needs met. And, and sometimes being a really powerful female leader means there is no such thing as a win-win. And it took me a really long time to like acknowledge that. Cause as a woman, I was like, no, but I want, like, I want everybody to be happy. I want to win, win. And I really learned like, sometimes that just doesn't happen. Sometimes mm-hmm. you just want the other person to walk away feeling like, you know, it was okay. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, I was nodding when you were talking about, you know, having this fear of coming across bitchy, bossy and naggy. I love how you said that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that is a theme I find with women that we, you know, a lot of women, um, and not every woman is like this, but the majority of women I come across where they're like, you know, there's this attitude of like, I don't want to bother you. I don't want to trouble you if it's not too inconvenient. And sometimes like you have to wake up and remember that you're leading people. 
and they're waiting for you to give them direction. Yes. <laughs> and if you're apologizing and asking for favors, you that's oftentimes when, as a result, we, we sit and go, why are people not listening to me? I told them to do this, but they're not doing it. But we don't realize we didn't tell them to do it. We asked if they if they could. Absolutely. And, and I think that um, it's still hard for me, you know, like even the, the, here's a great example. So my new copywriter, he's amazing. When he came on board, he was not a person who was used to working with a lot of structure and I'm very structured. And we had this sort of step up or step out conversation. And I just said, you know, I really realized that our corporate culture, um, you know, is one of structure and process and systems. And in order to really function here, you're either going to have to adapt or it's not a match. And that was a really hard conversation to have. Um, but in the end, what was really cool was this guy came back to me like, you know, two weeks later and he's like, I hired someone to help me get organized and get my structures and my systems in place. And he's like, and it's changed my business. It's changed how I'm living. It's changing my life. And that's the opportunity as a leader, you know, like, Step up or step out. Yeah. And you know what's really great for that opportunity too? You're actually allowing people to be at choice. If he was going to stay, he would know 100%. It was, it was because he chose to. Yeah, absolutely. And that he made changes for that. So that's really great. Now, what, what is one thing that you're working on right now that you're really excited about? Oh, gosh, there's so many things. Uh, <laughs> uh, let me, how will I pick? Um, well, you know what? I'll share this story. Um, one thing that, that is happening, um, I've had a mentor for a, a couple of years who I was first following online and doing the free teleclass thing and listening and following along. And then I brought one little product and then I did this and then I did that. And over time really built up a lot of trust in this mentor and, um, she was responsible for a lot of the success that I had created. And so this year I took a really big leap and decided to join a high level mastermind, something I had not done in that particular format yet in my career. And, um, so one of the perks of doing that is that she is going to promote me. So it's been really fun creating the, um, the free gift, the offer, uh, mm -hmm. for this mailing and really getting connected to what is it that people want and creating not only the content, but um, how it flows and really looking at the pieces of every single part of this online promotion from the email to the thank you page to um, the branding, like every single detail and really doing it with a fine tooth comb. So I'm very excited that that is going to be going out um, this week. And, and I'm, it's, it's really exciting. I always had imagined like if I could just get this one person to help promote me, I feel like it would be a really great opportunity. So we'll see it's going to happen, um, soon. And, and I could have a, a great addition to my, my community. And I'm very excited about that. That is exciting. And you know what um, I'm hearing too is because um, for people who may not be aware, oftentimes when we're first starting our businesses, everything's happening so rapid fire that you, you're trying to tackle things that were due yesterday. Um, and so everything happens really quickly. And what I'm hearing, Marnie, is you're at a place in your business where you can take the time and actually enjoy the creative process. I can, and I, I love that. And I'm creating like two new classes this, um, the next six weeks and that I was sitting in my car the other day driving. I was like, oh, I love this part. It's so fun. 
<laughs> I love that. Okay, now the next few questions are going to be kind of quick fire, yep. quick le- leadership uh, leadership roundup. So, tell us what is one practice that makes you a better leader? Uh, goal goal setting, planning, and meditation. Mm. What is one book that you would recommend to a woman to help her develop her leadership? Breaking Free uh, by Sheldon H. Gardner, spelled K-A-R-D-E-N-E-R-M-D, and Monica Olafson Gardner. Ooh, tell us a little bit about this one. I haven't heard of this book before. Uh, it's just freaking awesome. So it's, <laughs> uh, it's, it's a really cool twist on why do we do stupid stuff. Um, <laughs> uh, so I've done therapy and coaching. I've done it all. I've read it all. I feel like I've done so much. Um, at dinner with a childhood friend, he was like, wow. And he's like in Hollywood executive. So totally not in the coaching uh, area. He's like, oh, I read this book. It's like so awesome. I just downloaded it on Amazon. And uh, anyway, so I ended up getting it. It's uh, What it does is it really points out developmentally uh, why our brains stays attached to behaviors that no longer serve us, but were developmentally appropriate, um, even like pre-birth to like seven years old. And um, it really lines out in a very precise way what these beliefs and thought processes are and how they served us. And the, the upshot is this, that unless we really get clear and become super conscious, our, our adult uh, wants will always be overcome by our childhood needs. Mm. Uh, and that is why trying harder doesn't work. Because uh, mm-hmm. biologically, we have this stuff wired, hardwired in our brain. So I just was like, oh my God, that's why we're black and white thinkers. That's why um, we have this stuff with lonely versus um, alone. Like, and, and, and the fact is, you know, we did have to fight for our survival when we were like infants and we're not. Uh, so as I like to say in my dating, uh, when I teach this stuff in the dating world, um, no quality guy wants to date a seven-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good book for that. I love it. Yeah. So I think as a leader, and the way that it's relevant to that is um, there's a lot of these beliefs that we have about ourselves, about being bitchy, about black and white thinking, about wanting to send the email, about um, negotiating that are really still coming from this very early developmental stuff that wasn't resolved. So I was like, oh, this is like brilliant. I've never heard it put just this way. That is brilliant. You know, and I was talking earlier about how, you know, what I see in women and I see it in myself too, is like not wanting to bother people. And I know I catch myself doing this in relationships as well. And whenever I catch myself instantly, I have a picture of myself when I'm three years old with my dad. Mm. And it is like, and I realize in that moment, I'm operating like a three-year-old who wants attention. Yep. It, but doesn't want to be bothersome, wants love, but not be bothersome, right? Oh, it's so crazy. Okay. What is your favorite healthy food? Because <laughs> <laughs> um, women want to know what other women are eating. Yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, my favorite healthy food. You know what? I like this mate tea. It's got like a scotch of caffeine in it, but for me personally, it doesn't really bother me. But um, it's kind of, you have to get it like a Trader Joe's, Joe's Whole Foods thing. But um, it's this Brazilian tea. It helps digestion. In my family, we call it dirt tea. And I just like to drink it in the evening. It's just got this soothing sort of thing. Um, 
And yeah, so dirt tea, but it's also called um, mate tea. Mate tea. I love it. Okay. Knowing what you know now, if given a chance to go back and do anything differently, what would you change? In my business, um, I would have let go of that trapeze about a year before I actually did. Um, it, it, I don't, you know, I'm not a fan of regret at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't, I didn't listen to myself. I was too, I was too afraid of the unknown and I attached my success to it being with someone else or that I couldn't do it on my own. Um, and that was just a mistake in so many ways, uh, a mistake with a little M and there was a great lesson, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. But damn, like if I just would have, um, had that extra boost of confidence and asked better questions and paid attention to details and not delegated what I didn't know, oh man, I would have saved like hundred thousands of dollars and a lot of heartache. Wow. Wow. Okay. That was an important lesson to learn (laughs) for sure. And I like this question, although it can be a little controversial because if we don't recognize, you know, what would we have done differently, then we're, we're at risk to make the same mistake. Oh yeah, totally. So yes, I say absolutely don't regret anything that's happened in the past. Like ladies, all of you, I am saying, do not regret anything. Don't beat yourself up. But what was the lesson that you learned? Like, how are you going to do that differently? So thank you for that, Marnie. And before we say goodbye to you, share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you today. Mm, okay. So my, my, this is my family motto, my life motto. Um, it says this, don't let fear get in the way of your biggest dream, even if your biggest dream is your biggest fear. And it has meaning for me because right after I got divorced, um, I decided to travel and I went and uh, to Europe and I was in Prague and found myself on this wall they call the John Lennon Wall. And uh, I was just kind of, you know, doing a tourist and it's all graffitied. And I just looked up and it was just written there. There was no name there. It was just there. And I took a picture of it. And um, put it in a little picture frame and uh, became my family motto. And so, you know, I have three daughters who are now 19, uh, 16, and 12. And if you'd say, what's the family motto or what's the value or the lesson that mom wants us to live our life by, they would say it was that. And so I I try to instill that in uh, all of the work that I do and the life that I live and how I can make an impact on other people. I love that. Marnie, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. But before I let you go, tell us, what is the best way for the people who've been listening and got inspired by anything that you've said, what's the best way that they can connect with you? They can go to datingwithdignity.com and they can uh, join us for some of the little free gifts that we have there. And even if you are not dating um, or you are not single, um, go check it out. We we did a recent survey and we found that over 60% of the women in our community are in a relationship. <laughs> <laughs> There's 
always more to learn. There's always <laughs> more to learn. And how do you sustain that? And how do you create intimacy? And how do you communicate better? Uh, so we we welcome uh, we welcome women who are not only single but women who are in relationship and really just want to love themselves, create a life they love, and create a relationship that fulfills them. Boom! Right there, Marnie. Thank you so much, and have an incredible day. Thanks you too, Jody. Mwah. God, that was amazing. And for you listening, you can find all of the links and resources shared in this episode at womentakingthelead.com, or you can use the shortened URL, which is womentl.com. Thank you for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. Were you inspired to take some action today, but maybe don't know where to start? Or maybe you have so many great ideas you can't decide where to focus your attention. Don't let stress or overwhelm stop you from having the career, the business, or the life you want to live. Head over to womentakingthelead.com forward slash coaching or use the short link womentl.com forward slash coaching to sign up for a consultation with me. And to strengthen you on your leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. So here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.